Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Red alert. Numbers are needed at the Japarung Heritage Protection Embassy camps immediately. Sacred birthing trees on Japarung country need protecting. Over 50 generations have been born on these sites and the birthing trees themselves are 800 years old. These trees are being protected from the Victorian Labor Party's planned highway extension that is set to destroy this sacred dreaming landscape. The cops are coming with eviction orders very soon. The campaign to protect country is led by Japarung traditional owners who are calling on people from all walks of life for support. You can help by joining traditional owners at the camp on Japarung country near Ararat or by donating and putting pressure on Daniel Andrews to protect this sacred land. Visit dwembassy.com for more information and updates. No trees, no treaty. And you're now tuned to Queering the Air on 3CR Community Radio. Thanks to Encyclopedia for the previous hour and coverage of International Overdose Awareness Day yesterday. Um, definitely need a push for decriminalisation of drugs and more safe injection rooms, particularly as we know drug criminalisation affects particularly black, brown, indigenous queers. Um, I'm Iris, and I'll be your host for this hour, and I'm joined in the studio with Sananda. How are you? Hey, how you going? Pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'd just like to start with an acknowledgement of country. We're broadcasting over the stolen lands of the Rundri people of the Kulin Nations, as well as the Binrong peoples. Indigenous sovereignty was never ceded. Genocide continues on these stolen lands, and I'd like to pay my respects to elders past, present, and future and acknowledge um, First Nations resistance is ongoing. As we heard in the first um, announcement about the Japarong Embassy, which is still calling for numbers um, to keep the, the eviction order from being enforced by Victorian state's government. So definitely check out the Japarong Heritage, Heritage Protection Embassy and many shows in 3CR that have covered the struggle there. And Further to that, on Tuesday the 3rd of September, there's a rally at Victorian Parliament steps from 8.30am onwards to save the sacred trees there in a sacred landscape. So get to that if you can. Um, and I thought I'd just mention another thing that's been happening and it's been covered a lot on 3CR is um, the struggle for justice for Yorta Yorta woman Tanya Day who died in police custody in December 2017. The Day family are currently in a coroner's court in Melbourne until the 13th of September, and they're calling for supporters and community members in Melbourne to attend. And their campaign recently had a small win with the government committing to decriminalise the recent racist law against public drunkenness, which criminalises Aboriginal women at 10 times more the rate of non-Aboriginal women. Um, and Day family for the court cost to attend also have an emergency fundraiser to support support at court. You can check that out by googling Tanya Day GoFundMe. So for the rest of the show we're going to be talking about some queer comedy coming up at the Fringe Festival. First with Sananda and later um, with Anna Piper Scott who I I talked to during the week. Um, So firstly with Sananda, do you want to talk a little bit bit about yourself because you're very accomplished, you've been involved in lots of productions, lots of comedy over many years. Yeah. Um, so I, I actually come from a production background. I have always loved comedy, but I just never saw anybody like me doing comedy and especially in American media that I watched. Um, so I thought I can't do it, but I can help other people do it. So I started in production. I, you know, worked on like events and things like that, but also ended up doing some web videos, some like a feature film, a bunch of music videos. And then, um, yeah, but then I got to a point where I was working with a photographer friend of mine, um, who in her own words, takes pretty pictures of pretty girls in pretty natural light, um, with pretty flowers. And I got really sick of it one day, uh, being her producer. And I was like, why can't you just inject something funny into your photo? Um, 
and she was a or she's like a sister to me and she gave me the best piece of advice she was like if you want to do funny you should go and find something where you can do funny don't tell me what to do with my art but go find your own so i finally did um and then i took my first improv class in new york and part of the improv class there's also a little character workshop and at this character workshop was when i first created two of these queer characters that are also in my show called how gay am i um but that was the first time i created these characters and at the same time i had just recently come out to my parents as a lesbian um, i was out to myself and my friends in new york like three years before that but it's a totally different thing to come out to conservative older indian parents mm. um, but i finally did it and then coming out gave me the courage to also think about doing comedy myself because um, I, I just felt like one door was leading to more open doors. You mm. know? So Comedy with Sonic came for you after you did all this production work. Yeah. What was, what were you like <laughs> growing up? Were you like into um, I... comedy, like, like a very humorous child or... I think so. I was a very sad, lonely kindergartner. Yeah. Um, I had no friends. I actually had one friend in kindergarten who was then um, turned against me. And I think it's because our relationship was probably a little queer. Like, I was a little gay six-year-old. And uh, this other girl in class probably picked up on my difference and then picked on me. Um, but after that, like, I don't know. People have much more traumatic events in their life. But that was something for me that, that has, like, impressed me. And uh, I think from that, having no friends in kindergarten, I was like, wait, maybe I need to be funny. Maybe that's what people are attracted to. And so I naturally found that as, like, a crutch or a vehicle for communication. And then I was always obsessed with watching shows like Saturday Night Live or even the Betty Hill show, which is so wrong for mm. kids to watch. But I was watching half-naked girls run around with Benny Hill, you know, in the middle of the night at age eight. Probably probably why I'm a lesbian, too. Um, seeing too yeah. many uh, half-naked women at a young age. Just kidding. Um, yeah, so I've always been interested in comedy. Um, I've always consumed it a lot. And... Uh, Especially in, like, I don't really watch drama shows or dramatic films um, about comedy all the way. Mm. So what, did, what are some of the other, like, comedic influence, influences in your, that comes up in how you do your work? Mm. Um, so, I guess, uh, I, so, when I first, um, when I was doing production, I, I went back to, I studied economics in my undergraduate um, to make my parents happy. And then I realized I wanted to do production work and that I was really interested in producing videos and films and music videos. So I went back to New York in 2010 uh, to get a graduate degree in media arts. And that's when I met um, the Broad City Girls who were just doing their web series at the time. Uh, and I met them through a friend, Lucia, who is a director and a producer um, and a writer uh, on that show and then of films and stuff. She's going to be working with Aquafina, which is amazing. But she introduced me to them. This is when, like, nobody had a show yet, and they were just a couple of, couple of kids making a show, and I helped them, and I love their sense of comedy. Um yeah and i think that was when i was also realizing that there were new types of comedy and new voices and and maybe queerer voices um that were going to be more welcomed mm, so this was um five how many years ago of this that was in 2010 so nine years ago yeah yeah and uh, so I worked with them on their webisode, uh, finale webisode. Um, I produced that. And then uh, kind of, I guess, I don't know, it's weird to say this, but Alana was also a little bit instrumental in me being more sex positive. Um, 
She's very similar to who she is in the show, uh, but just like even a better friend and more reliable. Um, yeah, but 2010, I think, was when my mind started opening up to new possibilities of who I could be, what I could do. But it's still, I mean, story of my life. Everything just takes forever for me. Mm. So for people that haven't seen you do comedy, what can they expect um, by going to one of your shows? Well, this is, I do stand up around Melbourne, um, but it's, stand up is not my favorite. My favorite thing is uh, to put costumes on and do characters because I think that's the campiest comedy and I'm quite a campy person. Um, so at my show, How Gay Am I, uh, I start out with a storytelling piece. You'll see some little videos I've made, including like a little comic about this character, Beef Police. Um, I also do a, a bunch of characters, like a nice Indian girl at the matchmakers. I do Beef Police, where I raid the audience. Um, it's not me, it's Beef Police. Beef Police. Beef Police. Um, and uh, I give a TED Talk on why everyone should be a lesbian today. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a very personal, it's like my personal coming out story and all the gays I could have been told through storytelling and characters. Mm, sounds like a really packed and amazing show. Um, how about we go to the, tr the track you've made, I Should Have Been Gay. Thank you. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, about that track? Yeah, uh, it's the first time I've written music um, and original lyrics to that original music, and it's the song is basically about, I came out when I was 27 to myself and then to my parents when I was 30. I didn't really date women until I was 30. And before that, I barely dated anyone um, or barely had any kind of sexual experience, even kissing. Uh, so the song is a little bit about the regret mm. of having missed my young teenage and early 20s hooking up, never hooking up. Yeah, I relate to those feels, if only. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, now I'd yeah. be wrong. Now I'd be wrong if we try to hook up with teenagers, Iris. I know. I mean, like, at the time. I, yeah. At the time, it would have been perfectly fine. Yeah. What a boring life I led, isn't <laughs> <laughs> Um. So if you've just tuned in, you're tuned into 3CR Community Radio Queering the Air. I'm Iris, and I'm here in the studio with Sananda. We're about to play Sanders' song, I Should Have Been Gay. closet scared virgin i should have been gay oh wait i was gay just, just not to myself or my family damn i would have slayed so much for unrequited love every time so depressed i always got stoned on Facebook, places on Facebook. I wish I kissed her. Like when we were both 12, now it'd be weird. I haven't seen her forever. I should have been gay. Oh wait, I was gay. But I didn't have the guts to 
I should have been gay by Sananda, who I'm in the studio with. I'm um, so gay. And I'm also in the studio with Kateson, who's been involved in some production stuff for this show as well. How are you? Hello. Yeah, good to be here. Hi. Um, could you tell us some of your favourite parts of the show? Oh, I think the whole show is just so important in how Sananda uses comedy. Um, to actually share such a personal story. Um, look, my, my favourite is um, the play off of um, shardy.com, which is a matchmaking site. Oh, yeah. Do you know about shardy.com? <laughs> Why would you know about shardy.com? Iris might what, know what about shardy.com. So shardy, it. there's lots of different types of shardy. Sorry, Sonanda. Shardy.com is the world's largest matrimonial website. So if you think Tinder and... Oh. Tinder, OkCupid, Grinder, whatever, MySpace, that's, that's not it. But um, if you think that's crazy, Shadi.com has like every South Asian person on there with their, they don't call them profiles, they call them bio data, um, your biological data. Wow. <laughs> um. <laughs> Sounds pretty invasive. But, <laughs> but yes. But it's um you know there's and then there's like hipster shardy there's lots of different shardy it was shardy yeah means like basically I think any uh, South Asian people or any my Punjabi community um, we used to rely on matchmaking services mm. and like matchmaking would be done by you know the elders in the community or usually just generally nosy aunties yeah who like think they know everyone's business but shadi.com was the digital remake of this yeah also mm. so the 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 part of the um the show how gay am i i really i really find particularly poignant but hilarious is um shadi.com being like a, a a remake of that being shady um dot com and that being a it's a cheap rip-off website called shady.com by an auntie who's just up in everyone's business yeah. um, we don't accept money as payment because legally they're not a company and cannot accept money but will be paid in gold jewelry and <laughs> silk saris so yeah so you know um and i think yeah the the the, the power of having um a out like very publicly out um proud queer woman of color um who can share you know sometimes can share her story um and you know knowing that all of our own journeys are are so um personal but i just you know i think that power of seeing you know the representation and um and you know and that your you know story is one of of diaspora and of um many kind of places of belonging thank you being in thailand and mm. um of you know third generation punjabi indian parents and um for for myself being someone also of um you know a diasporic background i it really um is so important to have these stories shared i think my i think i couldn't be paid to shut up so it's not like i'm trying to be important in doing this i just have a really hard time not mm. making noise do, do you have like an audience in mind when you're making a comedy or like an, a particular audience you want to connect with no i just i hope that someone out there will like it and that it will resonate with somebody i i just draw from the different parts of myself so it has, you know, how gay am I has extremely queer characters that are just like super crazy, campy, absurdly queer, like this, a lounge singer named Mustachio. Mm. Um, and that's just tapping into like the excessively queer part of myself. Uh, 
and or like a very Punjabi thing that taps into my background, you know, or my family background and culture. But I'm sure, I mean, intersectionality is a thing. So I'm sure a lot of people mm. share those things with me to certain degrees. What are some of the things people have said about your work? And also, has that been really affirmative of why you do the comedy you do? Yeah. I mean, one of the nicest things anyone's ever said to me was uh, um, Lucia Aniola, Aniello, sorry, nervous, um, who is a director and writer on Broad City, um, said that I was on the precipice of big things. Uh, I don't know what that means. Might be like I'm just walking into the street into a large 18 wheeler truck. That's being on the precipice of big things. But um, that was yeah. It's very very encouraging, and it's encouraging to have a crowd of you know a hundred people, or to have like three people in the audience who are just really laughing because they have that knowing laugh, like the oh shit, <laughs> that's happened to me. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when you from when you're like starting out to where you are now, what are the, some of the challenges you've faced in in the comedy? Did you start off doing a lot of stand up, or but you already had like an acting background? Didn't didn't or did that come at the same time? It did. So the acting came later. So I took that improv class, and then I went home, and there happened to be a stand up competition. I'd never done stand up before. Um, the guy who ran the club, I was friendly with him and he was, he gave me some pointers and he said, I don't worry, you got this. Um, so I did it. And then that was the start of me doing stand up because I realized people reacted in a good way. And, uh, I, I won like the amateur competition in Bangkok, got to go to Singapore. And then the next year I traveled with that, um, comedy festival in Asia. It's the Magners International Comedy Festival. So all that has been like fantastic feedback that there are people out there who appreciate what I have to say and it resonates with them. So as long as that's happening, I'll just keep doing. Mm, keep doing it. You're yeah. pretty, yeah, it's working well for you and been around in many different how many different places have you been around with the oh, comedy a lot so i used to live in new york um and los angeles so i've done comedy there uh, new jersey hawaii san francisco hyderabad india uh, manila singapore bangkok uh, singapore is my least favorite place in the entire mm. world to do comedy hot audience oh my god they, they're just they're militant like they, it's not a lot, you know, but then again, people in Singapore eat cake for fun and that's all they do for fun. That's all I, that is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's some Singaporeans in, in the audience right now who are probably cursing me, but Hey, that's why they call it Singapore. Just yeah. kidding. It's just a Thailand Singapore rivalry. Hmm. Um, just to go slightly change the topic a bit, I've realized today is Father's Day in like Australia, it's known as. Mm -hmm. Do you have any thoughts on Father's Day? Father's Day. Well, in Thailand, we celebrate Father's Day on the old, on King Rama the Ninth's birthday. He's now since passed. Um, I don't know. I think it's cool. Sometimes I forget my dad's birthday even because we're not super yeah into yeah, celebrating things so i'm like great the jeans are on sale for father's yeah. day <laughs> yeah do you have thoughts on father's day yeah i was just street no i think i just like go towards the more like uh look at all this messed up stuff that's happening on father's day and you'll have like the prime minister saying all this whatever BS at the same time as locking up all these people um, trying to cross borders to live a safer life. And it's like the hypocrisy of it all. Um, yeah, that would be the main thing I'm thinking about today. Um, yeah. And trying not to think too much about my own relationship with my father, which is very fraught. <laughs> yep. Mm. 
Yeah. Um, sort of returning back to Fringe now for a second. Are there any other Fringe shows you're looking at? Um, really excited at seeing. I have been so excited um, <laughs> the, since I saw Popomoko for the first time. They are an amazing posse of clowning, female-identifying people. Um, they're amazing. That's probably my favorite thing I've seen since I've moved to Melbourne a couple months ago. Mm. Yeah. And Anna Piper Scott is at uh, the Butterfly Club as well. Yes, yes. Yeah. She is and will be having more of her later on this show here including the uh, 3CR Community Radio at 5.5am streaming live at 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming and I'm Iris here with Sananda um, also Kateson yeah so stay tuned to that um, how about uh, like other things you're really passionate about um, oh well you asked me if I had uh, run into any challenges in comedy yeah and it's the same everywhere people always ask me what's what the comedy scene is like what the stand-up scene is like because that's the only comedy there really is in bangkok um stand-up but what the stand-up scene is like in bangkok and everyone's hoping for a different answer but i feel like i'm disappointing them but also reiterating that it's straight white men it's straight white men doing comedy in bangkok too and yeah, even in... It's yeah. boring. And boring is probably the nicest thing I can say about it. Because it's offensive. It's it's homophobic. It's transphobic. It's racist. It's classist. It's... Yeah, Kate? Any... Oh, I, I stopped going. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped going to comedy shows. Um, especially, I mean, I don't... I'm not fluent in Thai, so... Um, in... Bangkok it was um, it was unfortunate to see that like in many places white men think that they can kind of colonize spaces and um, mm. and did that also in uh, the comedy circuit and so um, I think yeah for uh, Sananda to be um, I mean it was through you actually created your own um, night so, yeah. which was to enable you know have a space which was kind of free from kind of the um straight white male yeah so, just or the hate that they it was it was about. quite toxic actually my favorite mm. thing to do um this is for all your queer listeners that have non-queer friends uh who you still love anyway and that's totally great because i do too but you should bring them to how gay am i because i end the show with a quote-unquote gay conversion um, so everybody leaves the show ad after admitting they're gay. And this was one of my favorite things I ever did with the, with the straight male comics in Bangkok, um, is they all went up and did their gross sets. And then instead of me doing a stand-up set, I did this clowning bit where I get everybody in the audience to admit that they're gay. <laughs> Sounds so good to be there for that moment. Um, did, what would... How did they take that? Oh my God, they're they're just so um, I shame them. Yeah, very hard. And I don't know. And I grew up also. I had an older brother, and I don't know that that's why. But I grew up in the '90s saying like, "Oh no, that's so gay, Mom. You're being so gay." Like I used "so gay" in a non-positive way. And um, but this bit makes fun of that basically and uh so there there's there's no argument they could make that would weasel them that they could weasel out of quote unquote admitting that mm. they're gay it's very 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 fun very fun sounds like a lot of fun for you yeah, yeah. for sure um have you ever had to deal with much like hostility and heckling in anything you've done no uh just here, actually, was the first time I got heckled. Some dude told me, um, I did pick on him first, but he said that he'd been to Thailand and he loved elephant pants. So I asked him if he was also high and drunk the entire time and was basically on a spring break because that's the kind of uh, tourist he definitely was. And 
So then he told me that he had sex with my mother. And um, I told him I did, I did the same with his mom. So that was taken care of. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Mm. Good time. Um, so in terms of um, the places you've found in Melbourne, you've done some stand-up at different places in Melbourne. Do you have any other plans after your show here? Yeah, I already... Um, I, I don't think... I'm not... Whatever. I'm doing the show again for Midsummer, um, also at the Butterfly Club, because they're very excited about it. Uh, so that's cool. And then... Hopefully around Australia. I don't know about the other fringes. I don't really have a very long-term plan just yet. Mm. Just one festival at a time. If this one doesn't kill me, then I will, um, yeah, do the next one. Yeah. Um, there's, have you been to any Cocoa Butter Club events? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Sorry. I am performing at the Cocoa Butter Club event uh this coming wednesday oh, you were at the wednesday one didn't even look at the lineup what a yes. coincidence yeah. yeah um thanks iris what a great plug um yeah i'm performing at the cocoa butter club i'll be doing uh the ted talk on why everyone should be a lesbian today and then uh also be singing my song live while yeah. reading lyrics off my phone so that's wednesday um at 7 p.m to 11 p.m at shifties 375 brunswick street fitzroy and you can find the Cocoa Butter Club on Facebook. Um, thanks so much for joining me, Sananda. Um, so for more information, if you want to see Sananda's show, it's from Monday the 9th to Sunday the 15th of September at 10 p.m. at the Butterfly Club. So that's um, in just over a week. And you can find more of that online in the links in the show and on the on the social media of Queering the Air. Um, it's going to go to a track now. I'm going to go to Rome from Afar by June Jones. Stay tuned to 3CR Community Radio. Yeah. 
You're tuned in to Queerings Yeah on 3CR Community Radio. I'm still in a studio with Sananda. Um, I'm Iris. What we up? just had a few more things to mention before we said goodbye. Yeah. First of all, I wanted to say if anybody wants to do comedy or try comedy, try stand-up, I'm starting an open mic night. Uh, the first one is tomorrow. It's called Naughty's Naughty Nights of Comedy. <laughs> it's at Cafe Nocturno on Ligon Street. So pretty convenient location, I'd say. And uh, sign-ups are at 8, shows at 8.30. And then um, please, please get tickets to How Gay Am I at the Butterfly Club Monday night, September 9th, which is opening night, has now sold out. And it's one of the shows that's selling fast on the Fringe Fest website, um, but not fast enough for me. Uh, no. How <laughs> many, yeah, how many nights in total are you doing? I'm doing seven nights in a row. So, and I've never done that before. I've never done an hour long solo show before. So we'll see. Yeah. It's going to be a big, um, how many days, like just a week and a half. It's a, it's a week nonstop Monday a through week, Sunday, a yeah. uh, Monday through Sunday. That's right. Yeah. Check that out. Listeners. If you're interested in seeing that, um, if you just tuned in, you're tuned into querying the air. Thanks so much for coming in the studio. Thanks, Iris. QR Code is an LGBTIQA plus health podcast made by queers. Across eight episodes, hear us engaging with our communities, discussing diverse and intersecting topics. On In Your Face on the last Friday of every month. Or download from 3cr.org.au forward slash QR Code. And follow us on Facebook at QR Code 3CR. Funded by the City of Yarra.
And that was Electric Fields with Vision. Definitely check Electric Fields out. So amazing. Um, the next part of our show will be a pre-recorded interview I did with Anna Piper Scott. So stay tuned for some more discussion about queer comedy at Melbourne Fringe Festival. I'm joined on the line with Anna Piper Scott talking about her comedy Prayer and Present Danger showing at the Melbourne Fringe Festival from the 16th to the 22nd of September. Um, so that's next month at 8.30pm at the Butterfly Club, 5 Carson Place, Melbourne. Thanks for joining me on Queering the Year, Anna. Thank you for having me. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you. For listeners who might not have seen your work, could you give us a feel for the sort of comedy you do? Um, it is, by necessity, very educational comedy, um, because... I tried doing some comedy when I first came out, when I first transitioned, and people were very confused. They didn't know whether I was a drag queen or a cross-dresser or, or, or someone making fun of trans people, so I had to spend a lot of my sets kind of explaining what it means to be trans, and the kind of sets evolved from that kind of starting point. Hmm. Yeah, so... But trying to hit that very... thread that very specific needle of being... Funny to trans people, relatable trans people. I want trans people to be the one plastic artist in my show. But also finding a way to bring cis people on board and make sure that they understand they kind of learn some stuff and don't make some mistakes as trans people they might meet later on in life. Yeah, that is like an interesting tension to navigate. Um, I've done a small, about, small amount of comedy performance stuff and yeah, it's like a struggle to like pitch who do, like who do you pitch to in terms of the audience well yeah if you think about that kind of, I, I i've got a lot of jokes where if you tell it to a trans person they find it funny if you tell it to a cis person they're like oh that's very interesting that's new information you know so there's like oh they'll still laugh but there's a bit of a learning um and then i get surprised because i'll take my set in front of um a queer crowd um i did someone's top surgery fundraiser recently and just suddenly discovered, oh, there's a bunch more punchlines here than I remembered. Doing in front of a queer crowd, just like, oh, oh, they get all this stuff that I forgot was funny. Mm, yeah, such big differences depending on the person who is an audience and their understanding of it and who they are. Um, I'm to go back a bit and ask, how did you get into comedy? Were you like into comedy in school? Um, no, I was very, very shy in school, um, which I think is kind of like with most queer people. It's like, you don't want to talk to anyone unless they discover your deep, dark secret. Yeah. Um, but I started doing comedy right after university because I was studying script writing. Everyone kept laughing at my scripts. I'm like, oh, well, this laughter feels really good. I wish I didn't have to wait three months to hear it. And I discovered, that, oh, you can just go straight on stage. You can write something and just go tell it that night and you can have that, like, fresh energy that you wouldn't get in a, in a movie. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Relate to that being very shy in school, not fitting in and didn't really, yeah, get into myself until I came out. So talking about coming out, what were some of the biggest changes for you in comedy after coming out? Um, I got funnier, which I was not expecting. Um, I'm like, oh, this is going to, like, ruin my comedy career. I, I thought I might have to quit after coming out. Like, I was, which, I mean, tells you how big a deal it is. I was ready to kind of, like, give up what I'd been working on for almost a decade to, to come out. But I discovered that after coming out, like, oh, this is, of course this is going to make me funnier because comedy is all about authenticity and self-awareness and all these things. Like, you can't be funny pretending to be someone else unless you're, like, acting in a movie. But for, like, stand-up especially, you have to be, like, as much yourself as possible. So, of course, when I came out, just suddenly, like, everything was, you know, so much more true and honest, and I wasn't afraid to kind of say certain things, you know. I'm not, you know, when, before I came out, I was just thinking of, if I make this joke, maybe people will realise, maybe people will realise what I'm trying to hide and keep secret. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Yeah, then it's really, like such attention to hold that um when you're not out yeah, yeah. um 
so now my comedy is much more easily described as um, no holds barred. Kind of, you know, people have this understanding that I'm kind of like someone who'll go for the throat on a certain joke if I need to. Mm. What is what are some of the challenges you face in your in your comedy? Um, I mean, I I, I honestly don't face that many. Um, it hel- it helps that I'm very good at it. Uh, that that kind of like minimizes a lot of the challenges I might face. Kind of talent has a good way of overriding anything. Um, but I, th- there are some kind of people who haven't booked me because I was trans. Um, I posted a few months ago about someone who I emailed them asking for a spot at their show, and they're like, "Hey, we really like your show, real. We think you're really funny, but we're worried that we've got too much diversity on the lineup already." Yeah. And I'm like, oh, wow, I wasn't diverse before. I was just funny, and funny was enough. And now it's kind of like, oh, she's funny, but also maybe the audience won't understand. Mm. And that's not something I've had to deal with before. Yeah. Can you recall, do you have lots of moments of joy in the comedy work you do? And as that sort of, those moments make you, like, keep on going with the comedy you do? Oh, I, I, absolutely. Um, like, I, I, I will do a lot of shows, you know, like I said, for cisgender people, and then kind of, you know, after the show, they want to kind of like give me a hug. You know, and they're like, oh, I, I've never met a trans person, I was kind of scared of them, and, um, like, seeing you explain that you made us so relatable, you made us so understandable. I mean, just last night I did a gig... Uh, an hour out of Melbourne, in the country. It was a for a fishing club. Uh, everyone was over 50, like, not my demographic at all. And just kind of after every single person wanted to take a flyer, you know. And I'm, I'm like, I'm convinced that I was the first trans person they'd ever met, they'd ever seen. And, like, that just makes me very happy. Especially because, you know, there's so much scaremongering in the media and stuff like that right now. You know, you know Scott Morrison clearly hates trans people. Uh, mm. He's very worried about uh, gender-neutral bathrooms at the moment. Um, and having all these people who probably vote liberal, vote for someone like Scott Morrison, probably read The Australian, to be like, oh, we see a trans person, and they're funny, and they're real, and they're relatable, and I want to be around them more often. That kind of... It feels like I'm, you know, contributing something in a way I couldn't before when I was just pretending to be a man. Yeah, for sure. Um, comedy can be really disarming, and it sounds, yeah, with your many, like, over a decade of experience, you're really good at, um, would you say you're really good at um, performing to a crowd that's much more hostile? Yeah, well, I mean, I come from Perth originally, um, and Perth comedians do have that kind of, like, reputation, uh, at least amongst, you know, other comedians of, oh, we've kind of done the hard yards in a very hostile crowd, you know, very very much the crowds who are like, you better be, I was about to swear, better be very freaking funny, uh, you know, like, impress me, I don't want to hear a story, I don't want to hear any whimsical stuff, I want you to kind of, like, make me laugh every five seconds. Mm. So, that kind of trains you to be, like, a very tough performer. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, in terms of Fringe, do you have any other sh- shows you're excited about other than your own? Oh, I'm excited by very many shows. Um, probably the one that's highest on my list is one called Polygamy Polygamy, mm-hmm. which is a musical about Mormon sister wives performed by a bunch of queer people. Um, including Alice Toby, who's a very funny cabaret singer, um, and Charity Work, a drag queen. She plays one of the sister wives as well. So that's going to be very interesting to watch. Um, and then there's another comedian who I'm going to... At this point, Anna mentioned Sananda, who have just had on the show today. Um, and a reminder to go check Sananda out uh, at the Butterfly Club as well. called How Gay Am I? And that's also at the Butterfly Club. And she, just on her poster, it's like, Alana Glazer from Broad City likes her, and one of the head writers from Broad City likes her, and, you know, I'm just, that title and those kind of, like, references, I'm like, I, I'm I'm there opening night, I have to see this. Yeah, we'll be talking 
um, to her on Sunday, actually. Um, well, tell her I said hi. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what other sort of comedic influences do you have that can be, like, local and more unknown to, like, more well-known? Oh, um, well, that's very interesting. Um, most of my comedy influences actually come from filmmaking, because that's where I originally come from. So it's, like, a lot of TV shows and stuff like that. Very influenced, like, Jon Stewart on The Daily Show and stuff like that. Um, and, and lastly, Tonight. And, like, I very much like that kind of style of comedy where, you know, you're not just laughing, you kind of go away and you feel, like, enriched. And kind of like, oh, I, I feel like I know the world better. I understand things. It's not just kind of like, oh, Tinder's a bit, you know, rough. It's kind of like, oh, like, I laughed really hard for an hour and I also learned about, you know, something ridiculous like, Competing in esports in the video game industry, or you know, uh, the nuclear disarmament crisis, or whatever, you know, that, that that's the kind of stuff that really influences me. And that's kind of like I'm like, oh, I, I want to try and bring that energy to like the queer stuff because no one, especially in Australia, understands like how wide and varied queer stuff is. They really just think it's like lesbian gays, and they kind of forget that there's you know bisexuals and transgender people and asexuals and demisexuals and polysexuals and, and whatever have you, you know. So I'm, I'm trying to, like, occupy that niche and bring those ideas to the world. Mm, yeah, there's so much There's so much there, so much richness there to explore. Um, yeah, do you have anything else to add that you want to tell listeners about um, your show or anything? Uh, I, I honestly... If you're queer, uh, every single queer person I know has, has absolutely loved what I've shown them, and it's got a very strong and power message. I'll, I'll be very surprised if someone's queer and comes through the show and doesn't want to just, like, kick down the door of every joint afterwards. And if you're not queer and you're somehow listening, I think give it a shot, because I think people are like, oh, maybe I won't like a transgender comedian, it's not going to be with me. And, like, I've made so many nieces friends of every age demographic after doing this show and, and little, little pieces from it that I, I think it's going to be something really special. Awesome. Yeah, sounds amazing. Thanks for joining me on Crewing the Air, Anna. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. It's been a pleasure too. And yeah, if you're interested, listeners, go along to um, the Butterfly Club, Five Carson Place, Melbourne, between 16th and the 22nd of September at 8.30pm um, as part of the Melbourne Fringe Festival. So you get your tickets at the Butterfly Club website, I think. Yes, thebutterflyclub.com. Awesome. Um, hope you have a lovely day. Uh, lovely day. Trans rapper blame sass, thicker than a pockets, but she finna make bank. No, you ain't fucking with a real bitch. You ain't fucking, you ain't fucking with a fake bitch. You ain't fucking with a real bitch. You ain't fucking, you ain't fucking with a fake
ain't fucking with a real bitch. You ain't fucking, you ain't fucking, you ain't fucking with a fake bitch. You ain't fucking with a real bitch. You ain't fucking, you ain't fucking, you ain't fucking with a fake bitch. Skinny bitches in my zone, baby, feed them. Skinny bitches in my zone, baby, feed them. Skinny bitches in my zone, baby, feed them. I'm the creme de la creme of the season. And that was Skinny Bitches by Miss Blanks. And that's all for Crane the Air this week. Stay tuned for Hip Sister, uh, Hip Sister Hop coming up next. Definitely stay tuned for another amazing show coming up right now on 3CR Community Radio. And also I'm just going to give a quick shout out to another fringe scene called Haunting the Flesh by Papaphilia and Mossy333. Looks like an amazing... Um, sort of experimental dance thing that disrupts heteronormative authoritarianism. You can check it out on the Melbourne Fringe website along with everything else there. Stay tuned to 3CR Community Radio. I'm Iris, and I'll see you another time. Yes, my blood with the this eyes is 2000 and whatever, Electric Fields. With your cosmic skin and a soul to you, dancer. Oh, should know this by now, your energy is loud. listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.